Yeah. I, I thought somebody was going to get me one of the clapping things. Get on Amazon budget. and order one. Budget cuts, man. Oh, clapboard. Okay. That's literally what it's called, Blake. Worldwide leader in podcasting. And here we are going, what's that thing called? You know? The clapper. <laughs> clapper. Yeah, the clapper. Yeah. Shot a pen. So don't oh take care gosh. of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're going to get us in trouble. You're literally, JT, going to get us. Um, what's the thing? FTC? The No, that's the mm-hmm. federal. FCC. FCC. That's it. Yeah. Um, I th- a wrist slap versus a prison sentence, I think. There's a big difference uh, between those two brands, uh, two companies there. Yeah. <laughs> FTC. Funny, though, how FCC. much I didn't, I didn't even realize how much I said the F bomb until. Rewatching yeah, that. You, uh, you got us. Well, oh, my uh, wife R-rating. called me. Alicia called me. She's like, hey, when did you start letting, when did you guys start cussing on the podcast? I'm like, well, we didn't. And she goes, I just counted. JT cussed like 14 or 15 times. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And that was in like the first five minutes. Well, because I didn't. And I had to turn it I off. Didn't think, and I'm like, oh. Okay. I didn't think we were recording. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think we were using Lesson that. learned, JT. Yeah, I didn't think we were using yeah. that. So I, I, they're well, always did, watching. Yeah. It made it good. It made it good. I didn't hear oh. any negative comments about it. No, I got no neg. Well, Alicia, just Alicia, but Except she's Alicia. hypersensitive to that type of thing. So she um, can, yeah. you know where she can go. <laughs> hey, now be nice. I know it's your sister, but it's also my wife, you know? So, um, you agree with me, you she, agree uh, with me in here. Yeah. She told me, she goes, you know, that that gets served up to Sophia. Your show gets served up to Sophia, you know, on, on her YouTube. You know, it's a suggestion. She hears plenty like, of others. Well, it should be plenty of stuff. On and YouTube. I said, I, yeah, I said, there's way worse on yeah. YouTube. Like sometimes whenever she's not listening on her headphones or whatever, I'll like, but she knows too. Sophia will be watching something and it'll be like trending the wrong way. And her eyes will start kind of going towards me. Like, <laughs> is he hearing this? Is he hearing Dax this? does that too. Cause yeah. Them, them guys are raunchy, which they do that to try to get those kids. You know, like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and I've walked by and I've heard some stuff. And I'm like, what are you watching? I mean, it's bad. <laughs> you know, uh, I haven't heard her listen to anything bad. Every once in a while, it's like the songs that pop up that are like the trending songs are like, well, music today. Like, I think it's why I've gotten so back into country music. And I'm no sort of square. Like, I'm a super hip guy, right? Super hip. <laughs> like, I'm. I'm so hit by drip, right? Now I'm gonna now I'm rapping. Now I'm a rapper. But I can't listen to modern hip hop music and stuff. Like it's so like it's just so gr- over the top. You know what I mean? Like no. I do. I don't know. It it's terrible, man. It's gotten really bad in my opinion. But oh well. Listen, I've never had any problem expressing my opinions, but what we're doing here is bigger than that. These are conversations that need to be had in an unfiltered way. Drag racing is all I've ever done. It's all I care to do. I respect the history. I appreciate how far we've come, but I want more for this sport, and I'll fight for it. It's uncut. It's unfiltered. This is the show of shows. The biggest names in drag racing. No holds barred. This is the great American motorsport. Drag racing. Prove me wrong. I'll wait.
Hey gang, Westbuck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. It's Halloween this weekend. It's unbelievable. Or like what, early next something? Yeah, crazy how fast time flies when you're having fun, they say. Hey, I want to remind you guys, just stop whatever you're doing. Click like, click subscribe, help us spread the gospel of drag racing. We're growing this YouTube channel. It's really making some, we're making some moves, man. We got some, we got some steam and we appreciate all the support. So remember, just stop whatever you're doing, click like. Uh, make sure you share this on your socials and everywhere else that you roam. Tell people. See someone in an elevator on a hallway at a racetrack. Tell them about Drag Illustrated. Tell them about the West Buck Show. We need you on here. Thank you so much. Of course, huge shout out to all of our sponsors. We got to a really fun show for you guys today. Got a lot of drag racing going on. I know that's kind of been uh, the, the song and dance of 2023. My perpetual bewilderment by how much drag racing is happening at any given time. But man, we are in the throes of it right now huge weekend pdra world finals coming to conclusion i think for like the first or maybe second time in a decade on schedule sunday evening seeing champions crowned out there at the house the franklin family built really incredible weekend for the pdra uh jt uh did mike did you guys watch any of the race i mean i, I went back i watched on sunday i watched throughout but i went back uh, earlier in the week watched all the finals took some notes I, I'm, I'm prepared for some serious and analysis if you'd like to dive into it what i mean do you guys follow the race just just oh, man. Uh, serious analysis huh yeah oh i, I did uh, serious analysis you, ready? you did tell us there was homework <laughs> right yeah well you know but yeah i know yeah. I, I watched it man i mean that's a an awesome event and they battle weather at that event a lot and it looked like maybe that was going to come again i think they battled some rain early on but finish the event on time and it's kind of odd it's odd that it's a sunday race to me i, I don't know why the whole weekend year. i was expecting it saturday night to be following you know the eliminations of the championship then it was like oh yeah that's right we're racing on sunday poor time so <laughs> yeah time I, I, yeah I no but it, it was all, oh my god yeah and you can't even do like light-hearted really ribbing about it anymore because it's you know what i mean it's like I know Holy somebody crap, shared man. like a funny cartoon and I thought about, you know, like putting it in our, our, our group chat. And I was like, uh, maybe I better just, maybe I better just chill on that a little bit. Well, I feel so bad for him. I, man. Just, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's aging Tyler, right? I mean, I think he's about 48 at this point. Oldest young guy we know. Just a, yeah. Oldest <laughs> young guy we know, right? He's going to start getting some gray in that beard pretty soon. Oh man. I, but a really great weekend for the PDRA. I mean, to see things uh, shake out the way they did, uh, uh, unless you're living under a rock, you likely know that Jay Cox took the win in what, you know, reportedly his final pro nitrous drag race. Uh, how poetic. I mean, could we have asked for anything better than that? Like, just the whole situation. Have you seen the post from Jay's wife on did, social yeah. media? Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, all just yanking at all the the strings, right? I mean, I was about teary-eyed just reading her social post. Yeah, uh, I'm, so reading, happy I'm reading Jay some Cox. more for now. I'm seeing some more. Well, I mean, that, that makes it that makes it's, it harder, it right? Yeah. When you probably had yeah. he's had like the best run ever here at the very I mean, end he's been the best you know, couple he's races that he's had in a long yeah. time and and now you're going to call it a day uh i, I don't think it <laughs> lasts hard. long yeah, i really don't i'm massively impressed by the man that jay cox is i love the guy i mean i i really think the world of jay uh well, and i respect the it, decisions he's made but i i don't know that this because i think you could see it in that post i'm sorry to talk over you mike but you could see it in that post from his wife like this is a pretty big part of their dna like I'm, they may, the kids may need to see him race. I don't know. Yeah, true. It's, I mean, it, it's a unique uh, 
decision. And I think we saw that from early on whenever we first broke that news, because you just don't see it happen very often. Most times it's going to be, you know, I'm racing come hell or high water, especially when you're having success, you've got sponsorship, you've got backing, all the things that Jay's kind of worked to build, and then you're going to step away from it. Uh, it's real interesting. When I talked to Jay about it initially, he said, you know, I've, I've already done this once in my life with baseball. He said, I could still be, you know, I'm getting close to 40 or whatever, and I could still be playing some kind of high-level rec league baseball, but I don't. And I, I had to kind of walk away from that because he didn't see, uh, you know, a future in it, or maybe at that time in his life, he wanted to pursue racing, whatever it was. So um, he's done this before, so I think he's he's used to it. But uh, we'll, we'll talk to Tommy Franklin here in a little bit, who is also a family man and has gone about it a little bit differently where he's surrounded himself with his family. You know, they're a little bit older. Everybody in the Franklin family races, is involved in racing. They run the track, they run the series. So his way to involve his family, not that Jay doesn't, Jay has his wife and kids there, but you know, they're younger. They don't necessarily have uh, any uh, other roles in racing besides uh, supporting Jay. Whereas the Franklin family, they're all in and that's the way that they do the family deal. So it's kind of a, kind of a compare and contrast, two different ways to do it, two different men at different points in their lives uh, that race in the finals at, at PDRA this past weekend with Tommy uh, clinching the championship runner up finish. Jay gets a walk off Homer uh, to end his, his driving career. Isn't that what every uh, athlete wants, you know, like they want to go Mm -hmm. out, you know, when they're, when they're still relevant, when they're still good or, after a championship, but very few do it. I mean, I was just getting ready to say, never so hard right. when, when you're living that high, man, to, to let that go. Like you don't want to yep. at that point. And that was, a, you know, that's Jay's first win. And one more thing that's, yeah, I couldn't remember the last time he had won because Jay's had a lot of success, had some awesome runs, but it's been a little bit of a challenge for him to keep it all going consistently and get some wins. And I think, According to Nate, which I think Nate would know as well as anybody's, his uh, previous win was at Bowling Green in 2021. Hey, gang, let's take a minute here, pay a couple of bills, and just get an invoice sent down to my buddy Mark at uh, Redline. I want to remind you guys that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market, and they've been doing it since 1979. Whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle, or your lawnmower, when you think about lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. I actually just got the oil changed in the ZL1 and my Camaro, and of course, bring the oil with me. I only run Redline and all my stuff. A lot of the best racers in the world make the same decisions that I do, and they all listen to me, every one of them. They hang on my every word. So log on to redlineoil.com and uh, make sure you tell them we sent you. To imagine a world where Jay Cox was winless for over a year is very difficult to do. And I'm curious, put it in the comments. I want to hear from you guys. Like, I like to know this. This is one of the earliest lessons I learned in racing is like how to keep your wife invested. So put it in the comments and we want to know, like throw it in the comments, throw it in the chat. How do you keep your family invested in racing? Because it is, it's something that we should all be talking about, right? Because it, (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, and that, but we've, we're hearing a couple of different things, right? Tommy Franklin's answer is, you know, I mean, I think clearly his answer would be to get everybody in a race car, you know, get everybody involved. Um, I remember I've met people that, uh, 
dads especially that were quick to make sure that everybody had a job, right? Like everybody had the thing that they did and that kind of got them invested. So I'm curious, you know, all you guys and gals uh, chatting with us right now, let us know in the comments because I want to know how other people do it. One, one of my earliest business mentors, I asked him, I can't remember how we got to it, but I said something like, hey, are we getting a hotel this weekend? Or we're, we're making travel plans for an upcoming event. And I said something along the lines of like, hey, are we staying at the track? Or what do you want to, are we getting hotels or whatever? And he was quick to tell me, my wife's coming. So yes, we're getting a hotel. Yeah, it'll be, you know, the Omni and downtown. And I got dinner reservations for Friday and Saturday night. And I was always like, man, these guys like, you know, the, the, the badass in me was like, Phew. I don't care about staying at some fancy hotel or going out for eat, you know, going out to eat. I want to go drag racing. I don't want to leave the track at all. You know, uh, Mike <laughs> ran around with me a lot early in those days when I, I had to be the last one that left the track. Like oh, I had yeah. to be, well, you know, well, we I went racing. We had the toter and most racers do. You don't leave, you know, you got everything to grill and eat three meals a day and you ain't leaving the, the track, but no. But it's usually just the guys, right? And so, yeah. Right. When and so my mentor, he shared with me, he goes, hey, man, this is a weekend that my wife's going. If it was just us, we'd crash in the motorhome. But like I, my, the trade-off that he had in place was basically, you're going to support me going racing and having all this fun and spending all this money and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to you know, pay it back by making sure that when you come, we stay at nice hotels and we go to nice restaurants and I try to, you know, there's something in it for you. Mini vacation and I for saw her, that, right? Yeah. yeah. A little mini vacation for her. She does have to stay at the racetrack all day and do that whole dance or whatever. But I, I'm just saying there's a lot of ways to skin that cat. So let us know in the comments, how you keep your family invested in your race. And I'm dying to know, um, what, what's a JT, what were you golfing, drinking this weekend? Both. I, I kind of lost track of you. Yeah. Where were you? What kind of question is that? <laughs> No, I actually didn't drink till Sunday, till the games. Yeah. Really? Yep. I, uh, How about that? Did you watch the Chiefs? I was so far behind watch the on game? everything Sorry. around the house, you know? Because, well, I mean, we run pretty hard. And, and, and during the week, you know, we had three kids <laughs> in sports. of the century. Oh, my gosh. JT, we, yeah. we run well, pretty hard. Yeah. Well, here in Northeast Missouri. All your Facebook friends are aware. Yeah. Here in Northeast Missouri, wintertime is creeping up on us. And I have a list a mile long of shit that has to get done around the house before wintertime and he JT said he has normally has a a winterizing party that's that, what i need to do that they have every year yeah. where they winterize all the all the equipment for the year and uh who does that have some beverages doing it and and you didn't know you said you, you have oh. that and you you have fomo because you didn't do it this year i know i and and i i get fomo on everything there was a party saturday night and i didn't go so i just moped around the house you know <laughs> you know like <laughs> <laughs> moped around the yeah. house was it a high school party huh no it wasn't this time okay good. yeah okay <laughs> it wasn't this time yeah at some point you're gonna have to wave the white flag and quit going to those i know maybe i know i, I thought I when i know. hit 40 i was gonna stop but that i went long. uh we went to the baby. stockyards uh on stockyards friday night awesome. uh man i love the fort worth stockyards it literally made i can love this city i it's such a unique experience. I remember being jealous of Mike for years and years and years because every time I talked to him, he's like, so oh, you're proud no longer jealous that he lives in Charlotte, right? <laughs> I mean, every time I'd, I would like, I remember when I lived in Northeast Missouri as well, I would be like, hey, Mike, uh, you ever, guys, will you guys ever move? Do you ever relocate? And you're like, no, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I would never leave here. There's no reason I'd ever leave. And I was always jealous of that because I'm like, well, where I'm from, we kind of look for every reason to get out of town, you know? I love and, it here. Uh, 
Yeah, except okay. for JT. Yeah, I love it. Except for JT. No, I mean that's fine. I mean, I'm not bad. I'm just saying. But I love Fort Worth, and I love the the historic part of this city. That uh, it's a city, but it's still got that country uh, western vibe. And and we went out to the stockyards a little bit on Friday night and had some fun. Went to dinner with friends, and uh, we're working. Hard. We don't have any friends that don't drag race. Like. <laughs> None. And so this is a big deal. It's like some of Soph's, like Soph's best little girlfriend's parents. And we went out to dinner with them. We had a big time though. You know, we, we had a lot of fun. Went to a Mexican place. I love Mexican It's funny food. though, because you're probably sitting there talking about drag racing. That's probably all that you talk about. And they're sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I tried. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. man. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like that meme of Pablo Escobar or what is sitting on the swing set by himself <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? It's like, does anybody want to talk about those new Musi motors? It's easy to do though. When you, what did you guys hear about the MPK race? I heard there was a fight. Yeah, and it's like, it is. It's easy to do. Everybody is like, you start talking uh, about it. It's what we talk about all day, every day, right? Um, even yeah, our night, Uber driver Friday night yeah, talked for talking about it. Twenty-two like, minutes, too long. Solid about uh, the school board or something that was happening or whatever, like local politics stuff. And I'm like, what? Well, he's I like, tell yeah, you this screwed up on that. There's a little yeah. check mark where you can hit <laughs> uh, silent. I'm going to do that moving forward. Low communication mode. It feels so rude to to forewarn these people that I don't want to talk to them. Like, <laughs> I don't Dude, care I who that. you are. I don't care what you're driving. I don't care if you're an XL, a pet, a, what an Uber Eats guy. Don't want to hear what you have. They to probably say, would so just appreciate it. That's the difference you know? between me and you, because if I could have yeah. that option on everything throughout life, that would be all, like I get on a plane. Yeah. I want I want an option on the when I get on the plane. Actually, I do have that option. I immediately put in the AirPods. And it I doesn't stop like, everybody. I it pretend stops like, like 97% of people. But noise canceling on these things is so good. I cannot hear you talking to me next, right, sitting right next not to me. Not as many people. I've like, literally had people sit next to me on planes relatively recently. And I'm like, put in my AirPods, right? They talk. And they uh, they're like, no. hey, hey, wh- where are you headed? And I'm like, don't you see? Like, I'm, I've, I've already committed. Like, they're in. They're stuck, sealed nicely. Um, but I pop one out. And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I live here locally. I'm headed to a work thing. Yeah, you? They're like, yeah, work thing, conference. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, Duke back in, right? And I don't like, believe it. You believe this, JT? No. That's I'm a sure. true story. It's, it's, it's turned, it turns nope. into an entire self-help nope. yep. conference. No, there's no self-help oh. thing. Yeah, you're heard no, the 99, nothing. I'm just saying hey, this happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help people. Dude, sorry. You know, you try to buy shots. I try to give sage JT's, advice. And JT's wisdom. waiting on that drink cart. Oh, man. Where is that thing? Yeah. At Frontier. You know, that's that's kind of like a prick <laughs> comment, man. Like, now I'm mad. Like, you ruined the whole vibe. Like, I was literally, that's a true story. And that's yeah, very what? No, you were going to talk. You, you were talking. To you're, the the guy. No, there was no you're the guy nope. talking to the person with their AirPods. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I've done yeah. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they've got to be really interesting. Like they've got to, there's got to be like a dope watch they're wearing, or I like their shoes or um, they're reading the wall street journal. There's gotta be something or they're reading like a car Sports magazine. Business journal. Yeah. Far, few and far Sports between. Business journal. You know? I've referenced it twice, and you guys are acting like it's a nervous tick. <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, geez, Louise, it's I, twice I've referenced it. 
SBJ. Hey, speaking of yeah. speaking of NPK, you mentioned that earlier. They're in your neck of the woods this weekend. They're fist fighting. We out here. Oh, yeah. I guess we Justice Swanstrom beat up somebody. No, I, did. I, saw the um, video. I watched a video. JT sent me a it was dark web video. Some serious. I mean, the best part took, about took, it is how bad down. the video is being done like this. Like right, clearly secretly recording. Yeah, you know. I like how secretly- everybody else just stood there, did not like, didn't even flinch. Ryan Martin just did. I, he didn't even move. And then laughed. was laughing. Just kind of like, okay, let's see where this plays. Yeah, that guy here. was big mad. That guy was big yeah. mad. Well, well he got, he got him, him down. Yeah. Then he get, gets up, gets him again. I don't know what that was all about, but I ain't trying to fight Justin Swanstrom. Well, he nobody swung, wins he swung a fight. on hand, it looked like. Right? So, you know, I mean, oh, he did. No, yeah, yeah, he the did. other guy swung for Justin had started, definitely not. No, Justin, yeah, Justin was yelling that it. through his through his, uh, his tirade that he continued to yell at the guy. He said something like, uh, It's so funny. Like, uh, I ain't trying there's to fight high anybody drama. out here. High drama in that whole deal, that whole scene. And it, I mean, like, it's, you know, I was up. there a couple weeks ago at Galat. And like I told you, it's like everybody is just like raw right now, worn out, exhausted. That is a long season, and it continues to get longer. I mean, I think Texas was supposed to be the last race of the year, and then they've got one or two more that they added. I can't even remember. I know one's in Phoenix or something. Uh, but, yeah, everybody on that deal is its just like a marathon. Every car, everyone's exhausted. Every car is taped together at this point. You know, tearing stuff up. Left oh, I and talked right. to Paige Coughlin. They're they're rigged. Oh, Did you yeah, see the tore. pictures of Yo, their rig? Yeah. That's awful. I uh, text Paige and Troy, her dad, because I'm like, somebody's injured more than likely. Like, who was driving it? You know, um, be their their driver was crew guy was driving it, and he's okay by all what accounts. Happened? And uh, you know, I actually I didn't ask. That's a good question. Let me text Paige because um i just somebody said, said i said are you guys okay front tire yeah which would make a lot of sense I guarantee you that was one hell of a ride she texted me you know, uh, those- he had no injuries and walked away in the car the car is already unloaded and on the way to the racetrack so the car must have not been too bad so they'll be at mm-hmm. mpk this weekend i don't they've had broke man it is right? it's just a rough deal for everyone out there and that's if you go to those races you you, you kind of take for granted that they you know, obviously they're running these things on the ragged edge, but they're tearing stuff up left and right. They're hitting the wall. They're blowing up. They're, you know, they just the, the no prep nature that you kind of forget about because these things are going so fast and they're such high level cars and racers that, um, you know, there's a lot of carnage more so than a, well, a typical. And then you add to door it, slammer race. When there's this many races and they're here than there, and there's not really any rhyme or reason, you know, to keep them on on like a path or a trail, correct? You know, so mm-hmm. so now you have more wear and tear on your toter and and your your trailers and your tires and and I'm telling and shit you, like man, this happens. You know, there you cannot. That's a ton of racing. I mean, I just think about like I, I can't imagine. I mean, if you, I mean, if the tables w- were returned, as my wife sometimes says, um, <laughs> returned <laughs> <on the> floor. <laughs> Yeah, she does. She'll go. That's a good one, Wes. If the tables were returned, and I said, "Oh my God!" Like you, like, you just like can't Walmart do cliches. Like, hey, I brought or, these yeah. tables back to you. Yeah, it's uh, if the tables were returned and the PDRA oh, announced that they were going to have a sixteen race series next year, and they might add two more on at the end in Nova Scotia. I mean, it would be an upper. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of drag racing, and. We give them a lot of kudos, but there's nothing I tip my hat to the MPK scene for more so than that level of commitment to, I mean, doing anything 15, 20 times a year is a big ask. 
uh, let alone high level drag racing. So that's still and then, still and then that's to, not even no matter it. how fast the car is because go, that's how much once you it, once you wrap most impressive once you wrap this shit up. <laughs> then now we got we got to go back and do the the OG show, and then we got to right. spin off. We may one. have to go to Australia. Yeah, we got to go to Australia, and then I mean it's just right. they keep they keep those guys busy, guys and gals. Yeah, I think w- with TV. And I, I've heard this about the music industry as well. Um, and Blake, our producer, may could chime in on this, but uh, you got to get while the getting's good in that space, like in music, on TV, on the yeah, radio. That's, that's, I remember. Oh, they like all know you, that. Yeah, I mean, you've got to go hard as hard can be, has, go as hard as you can, and then it's going to be over, right? And be cool with that because you had your moment, and it's like the people that the, the, it's the. There's only so many Reba McIntyres or U2s or people that have really been transcendent and had this long-lasting career. Most people, I mean, you know, there's probably no better than, like, will Lainey Wilson still be this huge deal that she is right now as a country music star 20 years from now? No, you got to get it while you it's know? on the table. You know, yeah. before they, yeah, before they return so it. Oversaturated yeah, you don't, you don't return that table on you. Except for, exactly, yeah, because those tables, tables will get returned. Eventually, the tables will be returned and you've got to get it going and you got to make as much as you can while you can. So I don't know. I don't blame him. I do. I, I wonder sometimes if a, if a little pullback on that would uh, would bring some more participation. But you can tell the I don't the think tides they, are turning. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah the they're not worried about participation. I, no. I, they've got plenty of that. It's, it's, it is about getting it while the getting's good. So yeah. we'll see where that goes. But a lot of stuff coming to an end. MPK does have a couple more races. We just saw the PDRA wrap up their season, and we've got NHRA. Was there a fist the, fight at the PDRA race? No, I don't. We no. need like. Was there? We should like keep. They don't do no fist fight. They don't do fist fights. They probably did like an ice cream social. Yeah, if I had to guess, there was probably an ice cream social and a pizza party. You know, but that's like what I mean. That's the that's their selling point, and I'm I'm Mm -hmm. here for it, man. I think it's. I mean, I'd rather have. I don't know. That's a tough one. Do you want an ice cream social or a fist fight to break out? JT, you. Oh, fist fight. Okay. Uh, uh, you want to be in it or yeah, you want to eat cool the ice cream yeah, or you want to get yeah, be ice in the cream fight. social or fist fight break out at your race? I'm eating the ice cream while I'm watching the fight. While you're watching the fight. <laughs> Put it in the chat, guys, whether you'd rather have a uh, an ice cream social at your drag racing event or if you'd rather have a fist fight breakout. I'm curious what people think about this type of thing. People get pretty turned off by violence in 2023, like universally. Uh, I don't um, know about drag racers. I mean, but yeah, because yeah. that just adds because then it's just more drama, and then it's something for him to talk yeah. about too, right? So, for sure, yeah, I'm with Mike. I want if I'm gonna be watching a fist fight, I'd love to have some ice cream. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like that just seems you like, take that ice cream um, and you shove it in that guy, other guy's face, and then you rub it in the ground. Oh, just man, like <laughs> hitting somebody with like a half one of the what are the cardboard? What? How much does that weigh? What is half those things? Thing, uh, right or uh, a gallon? No, the no, gallon's like a plastic it, jug. Yeah. Oh, it's like a half, cardboard it's like a half gallon. Just take one and hit pint. him with That's it. That's a pint. Like pint. Yeah, with oh, like hit him with a pint of ice small. cream, like a brick. I know, but I'm saying like swing it like a weapon. You're talking about Ooh. the ice cream on the handle. Oh, you're you're Northeast Missouri showing. No, I was right? talking about the clear thing box. with the red handle. No, that that's that's a gallon. Yeah, what is that? That's a gallon. Yeah. The the cardboard that could box. Be a, a regular box of ice cream is a gallon? No, it's a half gallon. A pint is the little like Ben and Jerry's thing. Yeah, they're tiny. Agreed. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I meant the half gallon. The thing that's in cardboard. Right. It's rectangular. Which I said. Looks like a, they're all in cardboard. Yeah. 
my Northeast Missouri show. No, they're not. The, right. the clear plastic thing, you and my grandma Verna, it's the only ice cream that exists. The clear oh, plastic that big tub bad boy. with the red thing. And I don't <laughs> know handle. that you could use it as a weapon sure because I can. think, no, if when you swung it, I don't, I don't believe in that red handle enough. <laughs> Hey, I, I think the ice cream would leave. You got a two handle, at that point. you know. Yeah, yeah. You have to say, hey. yeah, whack with the vanilla. Yeah, man. you know, but it's 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 homemade vanilla. They put it on look, there, even though it's in a plastic which, container which that's that clearly come off an assembly line. The shit is now you're homemade. Missouri Reading. showing, you know, talking about homemade ice cream. <laughs> you know, it was your grandma make that, homemade ice cream. And we're reusing that tub that grandma had. You know, <laughs> dude, if you go to my grandma Verna's house right now, don't throw those away. There no, you don't throw Cool Whip containers. We are the real those. Midwestern. Oh, are, if you yeah. go to my grandma's house Smith and open the fridge, right there, and you open up, there's 74 Cool Whip containers in the fridge. Oh yeah, right. You don't need Tupperware. But only about one of them has Cool Whip inside <laughs> of it. The rest of them got like some gravy, some mashed potatoes, um, homemade noodles. Then we keep them right. Uh, oh, we, yeah. Does if anybody else have grandma's house, cool up containers? Because then they, they also label them fridge? usually, you know, so they put the, they, they write what yeah, it is on it and then the date. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Scott, or a uh, masking yeah. tape, yeah. right? A yeah. little bit of masking tape yep. and a Sharpie. Yep. Yeah. You know, summer 2017, <laughs> these noodles, right? That's <laughs> still good. It's not going to be my, my family, certainly not going to put a date. It's not going to be like 10, 25, 23. It's going to be like, I don't know. Yeah. Fall 2023. They're probably good for like a season. I'm not sure. Totally. Oh, and I had the bar. Anyways, old, what did you make of uh, that stuff all the time in there when they'd be drinking? They're like, you remember back in the old summer of uh, 62 when we went and like, <laughs> You can't remember what you had for breakfast yesterday, and you're telling me you can remember the yeah the year whatever. <laughs> hey, before we got onto yeah, this, I, I was trying for. to ask. We're going to the final into the final race of the NHRA Pro Mod season this weekend. Yeah, but and how pissed are next all the, the NHRA people that we didn't talk about just now going to be? Real no, quick, I was, I, we're Alan going to drink water. I was, congrats, I was telling, uh, uh, talking about Harris, congrats, okay. all the racing ending. Oh, okay, sorry. Continue all the yeah. That's okay. Now you can go ahead. Nope, you go. <laughs> NHRA Vegas, is that what we're going to talk about? Yeah. NHRA Pro Mod season ender. Oh. Quick question. Got, obviously, Pomona after that. but Mike, are you happy to see the NHRA Pro Mod season concluding in Vegas once again after a brief single-season sabbatical where the season uh, uh, came to a co conclusion in Dallas? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, yeah, tradition, obviously. But I talked to a couple people about that as to why they're going back to that, and they and they feel like they get a strong – turnout of cars i know they always got like regional cars in that area but um everyone was for it like surprisingly you wouldn't you would think they wouldn't want to make that tow plus i think they're i don't know if they're going to do a banquet and i think it plays into that as well like you know obviously vegas is the place to have a a banquet or any kind of end of year party yeah, if you're going to have that so uh we'll see how it goes but i think they're expecting their normal turnout um championship implications I don't have that in front of me right now. But, hey, does anybody uh, get this when they go to NHRA.com ever? What is that? It's like a... It's a fucking <laughs> Google ad, and it pisses me off. Like I thought it was like a, a bot. No, like I've got thing. a click close thing to get to the schedule page, and it's like, bro... Do we? Does you NHRA need, really need an need ad blocker? Google AdSense? I mean, come on. Jeez. You need an please. ad blocker. There's a re if you go to dragillustrated.com and this is a company policy. I ain't selling we ain't selling 
I don't know, red wing work boots or some random shit from Amazon on our dragillustrator.com. It drives me crazy. Unless, I, right now, unless I'm being you want a local served boots. up to me. <laughs> no, red wing boots are banned. You can't advertise <laughs> on dragillustrator.com. Red wing, I'd probably be yeah, okay with. What the heck? Work boots. I'm, I was, there was a horrible example. I should do better. Well, look at the Best Buy. Should I? Holy shit. Should I have a you Best need a new Buy? Yeah, you need an iPad now. <laughs> Best Buy logo. Should I have to navigate past a Best Buy commercial to check the schedule? I don't think so. I think it's insane. Like, is these other people, these other logos on the screen not paying enough? There's a bunch of logos on here. Yeah. It just drives me crazy. Sorry, pisses me off. I think it's stupid. Uh, where's this at? Mm, how do I find competitors? N- NFL highlights are like that too. When you click on, like the, they'll give you push notification. You know, watch, oh, watch dude, the video you click here. It, you can never even get to it. It's like thirty seconds of of advertising to watch this ten second video. You know, and then it doesn't load, yeah, yeah. or it just or takes you to the homepage. It's and a you, whole different thing. It, like, yeah, what the hell? It like, just, damn. I mean, I'm I'm all about making money, right? I'm here for that. But I do think that sometimes you got to think about. Well, let me give you UX. You guys know what that stands for? User experience. Yeah, that's some modern. There's a little bit of trend. Mm-hmm. Trying to trendy throw some words business. on it. Talk. I'm throwing some Have you ever heard of the 991? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what also pisses me off? Another thing. Not having these things numbered. Your buddies ribbing you on your show? That, pisses, that really pisses your you off. Buddies my ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, here, hold on. I'm trying to figure out how many. All right, quick question. Why doesn't it give me a total number of how many ProMod cars are entered? Isn't that somewhere, or do I have to count them? That, you got to like find that somewhere. Everybody's going to have to listen to me count. I'm pretty good at it, so bear with me here. One. I'll see, on listen two, to me go. Two, four, right? I think that's listen on to me. HRA listen Racer. Listen to me go. Page. I can count. One, two, three, four, five, six, four, three, two, one, seven, eight, 17, 16, 18, 19 cars entered. Um, Marty that's Robertson's good. on this list. That ain't happening. So oh, 18. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's 18 cars uh, entered. That's hella good for Vegas. I, I mean, mm-hmm. but I think this goes back, and this is a valuable conversation for everybody in the biz, right? There's got to be, in this day and age, it's got to be more than like a points race. It's got to be more than just a little bit more payout. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Vegas, it's a destination Where did you find that event. list? Uh. Well, NHRA.com, once I navigated past the, the Best Buy pop-ups mm-hmm. and stuff. But where on that event uh, info? Okay, so then I clicked event info, and then there's a bunch of boxes, mm-hmm. and I click competitors. Competitors, got it. Yeah, takes a second. But, I mean, thank God they have the information. I mean, who am I a bitch? But. Yeah, man. You know, you know what I like seeing Dimitri I also wonder, from Yeah, and they got that car repaired. I saw that. They they're ready to go with that car. Uh Yanni Lindbergh and the crew got that thing back together. And also the, this this whole deal with Vegas West, do you think that the fact that there's not a countdown plays into that? Well no, NHRA the ProMod is doing a countdown this year. They did do a countdown. Um Well where are the we need to look at the point standings. I'm looking at the what, I, what right I'm now. saying is, is you get down to the end of the year and I feel like, yeah, you've got your countdown usually, but then if you know, you, you kind of start to whittle down your field to really, when you're going out to Las Vegas, only the, only the competitors that can, that are in the, the hunt are really motivated to go. And I kind of think that that is a little bit of an argument against a, a countdown situation where, 
if you still got a lot of people in the hunt at the end of the year, you're going to get more cars on the flip side. If you've got somebody that's already locked it up and then run away with it, that can hurt as well. So it's kind of like a tricky dance on which way, you know, what's the best way to go when you get down to the end of the year and you've got a race that, you know, is, is quite a haul for a lot of people. But this is, this is the reminder that you have to be telling these stories all the time. I think sometimes even like the three of, you know, us here, you get, you go, oh my God, are we talking about this too much? Are we like beating this drum too much? You can't do it enough because there's so much happening and there's so much information available and there's so many things being thrown at us every single moment of every single day, it would seem, that you've got to like really make a, because I mean, how is it that I don't know exactly how this countdown works? You know what I mean? But it just speaks to the fact there's a lot going on, man, and you got to really spell it out. You got to put it in front of people a lot. Here's my takeaway. I mean, we've got... Chris Thorne leading the points narrowly uh, ahead of uh, Justin Bond. So is this correct? Yeah. It's a, and also Vegas is a points and a half race. Okay. For Promod. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the thing, the biggest storyline to me is Justin Bond having Jordan Lazik basically driving a blocker car. Is mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Uh, I think that that's a huge storyline. I think it speaks to some kind of the badassery around Justin Bond and company that they're they're willing to do that. Like, hey, we got another car, let's put someone in it. Uh, and the fact that he's like an up and coming no time driver is really cool. It's great to see somebody. This is what JT is always looking for: is just an able bodied wheelman getting a shot. Somebody who maybe yeah. doesn't have the huge business or mm-hmm. doesn't have you know the big sponsor, but has the ability, has the skills. And is getting an opportunity to, to, and I mean, it paid off in St. Louis. He won the first race he ever went to. It's completely unheard of. I mean, I, there are probably a whole host of former NHRA pro mod greats that went years and years and years and years without ever winning a race that see something like this and want to walk into traffic because I mean, it was an incredible performance from the JBS Bahrain one racing team. But I mean, if you look at it, man, Christopher Thorne, Justin Bond, uh, their teammates for Bahrain, Bahrain one racing, uh, leading Mike Castellana, Jason Lee, another newcomer. Very accurate. You know, another newcomer. Uh, yeah, man, it's pretty interesting. Dimitri, I mean, it's a very, I had someone tell yeah. me this to the other day that they were blown away by how diverse and international the NHRA Pro Mod scene really is. I mean, and it's, it is extremely diverse. It, you know? it, all, it really always has been. And, it, and it gets, it's even more so now. What do you think about hauling to Vegas, having the season ender in Vegas, having this road to the championship? as they're calling it for the final four races mm-hmm. in an HRA pro mod as far as car count. Cause I mean, we're, we're looking at the uh, entry list for pro mod. They've got 18 cars going to Vegas uh, by the latest count on this list, which is solid. And they've had the, uh, uh, you know, the season ender in Dallas last year, I believe right. um, because it is such a haul to Vegas for kind of a one-off deal to end the season. And, you know, ProMod, the, the ProMod organization is always kind of looking out for the racers, having to prevent adverse travel situations and all that. So what do you think about having it in Vegas and, and how this road to the championship and the point standings are affecting that car count? 
Hey, gang, I want to remind you that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of FlowRacing.com. If you're a drag racer or a drag racing fan, you got to get on board with Flow Racing. The world leader in sports live streaming, Flow Racing provides unlimited access to drag racing's biggest events like Donald Long's Lights Out, No Mercy, and Sweet 16, every stop on the PDRA and NMCA tours, Funny Car Chaos, World Cup Finals, Streetcar Super Nationals, and much, much more. Of course, the Skag Power Equipment Pro Superstar Shootout, as well as the Fast Approaching Drag Illustrated World Series of Pro Mod. For me, Flow Racing is a fixture in my life. I spent almost all weekend this past weekend watching Flow Racing. I'm watching the Midwest Drag Racing Series event that's going on at Extreme Raceway Park. One minute, then I flip over to the PDRA race that's happening in Virginia. It's like the ultimate hack for everybody in the world of drag racing. So remember uh, to support those who support us. Log on to flowracing.com today and join the movement. I think that it's positive. I mean, I think that the the overall NHRA Pro Mod series is just trending the right direction. I mean, they had 28 cars earn points this year, 22 or 23 last year. So that's like five, six new faces. Uh, have they all hung around? It's been a little hit and miss, right? But by and large, I think the series is showing promise. It's headed back in the right direction. And I think you got to go to Vegas. I Again, I think that there are a lot of reasons people go racing. And obviously, among, chief amongst them is competition and the points and all those things. But I do think there's a secondary part of it that's like going to cool places, doing cool things, experiencing cool things. And Vegas ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. I think it feels like a pilgrimage. It seems fitting to end the season in Las Vegas. I was really, I felt there's enough of a tradition there that it was worth it. But I mean, there's a great point. If it weren't points and a half, would we see this level of participation? I think it, I don't know. Historically, Vegas has been pretty light car count wise because the, a lot of those championship scenarios have almost played out to, to completion, almost finished up. And so I can make, you know, you can certainly make a case for somebody who's eighth in the points or whatever, not going to really make a huge change, going to finish in the top 10, no matter what happens. Are they towing from, you know, your neck of the woods somewhere on the East coast, Mooresville, North Carolina to Vegas. I I'm not sure, but I don't know, man, they've, uh, this is a good spot for them to be glad to see them. And I think you got to do things like this, the points and a half, you got to do those competition driven deals because I'm anxious to see MPK adding those races at the end of the season having to ask these people to go back out West. I mean, I think it's, there's a reason they made that an event, a qualifier for next season, right? Like you've got to go to the, there's got to be an incentive, uh, especially if there's not a cool locale, if there's not an awesome city full of casinos and parties and fun, you know, if you're going to just somewhere in Arizona, I think that it's, it's a different deal for sure. You know? So I don't know. Very interesting. I'm excited, man. Vegas is going to be, you figure, the NHRA Funny Car and Top Fuel Championships are insane right now. Uh, NHRA Pro Stock is insane. This is, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. But it does seem a little quiet. Like that off week didn't really produce a lot of storylines. Do you agree? Like I thought we'd see yeah. some stuff pop up. But like I called Richard Freeman this morning. I was calling around like looking for juice. Who's got some you, bullshit? You Anybody? called Richard? I made it a point. He didn't. He didn't call you? Nope. Uh, most days, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to see what, cause I just, I said, I, he's like, yes, Wes. And, uh, I go, any gossip? Are like nobody's awake? like, what's, what is anybody talking about? Like, I want to hear some juicy shit. Like what? It, no, no drama, you know, cause he's typically good for some drama. That's like, uh, it, but there's just no scuttlebutt or story. I was really surprised. I said, are you guys ready to rock and roll in Vegas? They're like, yep. Going after I get this deal done, you know? And it's, I don't know. I just, maybe everybody's 
putting their head down a little bit right now because they know oh, yeah. there's a there, cause there's a real there's gonna be a shootout. Well that and they had a string of races leading up to this. They yeah. got the week off. I'm sure they were, you know, everybody's tooling up for these last two races for the for the pro series. But uh yeah, man, the weather. Have you looked at the weather for Las Vegas? I have not. Like I don't know what the average is. I'd have to dig into it a little bit deeper, maybe get Mr. Barometer on here to talk about that. But <laughs> Keith Haney won a world uh, championship this past weekend too. Yep. Shout out to Keith he Haney. Did. Uh, he went did. to the finals, uh, finished runner up to Aaron Wells, but took home the 2023 Midwest drag racing series. Stroud safety yep. pro mod championship. Congratulations. Keith. Yep. Shout out Keith, but man, it looks cool. It's it, like very cool weather. And you know how it is out there. It, it, it can be surprisingly quick given the, the conditions. Uh, so when you say that, cool, be, like, should I pack it? Or, yeah. Let me I'm typing it in. Here. Yeah. Like pack. Jackets. I, mean, I think we're talking about, I think we're talking about maybe one of the days in the fifties. I'll have to look at it again. It's changed. Las Vegas. Nevada. Here we go. Let me look. I'm looking at the weather. Let's see what's going on. It wasn't that bad. I was out there. Well, and, speaking and of it, which, it, I was, was getting, curious and cold and it, it well, when you're, you know, yeah, your blood was, you know, nice <laughs> and thinned and yeah. Keeping you warm. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, but on dragillustrator.com, I'm going to bring this up because I worked on it all afternoon. Uh, Dragillustrator.com, the top eight has been updated. And I was just looking. uh, It didn't happen in Vegas, and maybe it won't. But with these conditions, you got to think Ron Caps and Robert Height have both been like 339 and change. Oh, yeah. I mean, the uphill pitch and yeah. the whole deal that Brett lays Brett out talked about which is yeah could we see wild. somebody go 340 oh maybe man I a Sunday looks cool actually the the weather I think has changed a little bit since I looked at it it changes all the time in Vegas like they're not sure what it's going to be just it's a desert but anyway 76 Friday 73 Saturday uh lows in the low 50s low lows in the 40s on Sunday morning high of a 63 Holy so Sunday moly. could be rowdy well, if you go look at the Drag Illustrated Top 8, six of the, no, five, I guess, of the top fuel speeds that are in the top eight, number two through six, they were all set this year. But interestingly, uh, only two of the eight runs, no, one of the eight runs uh, were made this year in speed. Rob Bob Tasca at Dallas a couple days ago went uh, 338.57. So, I mean, they're right. They're close. You know, yep. they're really, really close. I'm anxious to see, man. I, I, yep. I'd like to see one of these, another one. They, I got a little bit fired up about that Mike Salinas 308th mile deal. I just, I liked seeing how much people got fired up about it. I liked seeing all the hubbub and conversation about that. I, we talk about it on the show quite a bit, and I'm anxious to see what people say in the comments. Put it in the chat. Like, do you go to races looking for record runs, or do you want to see great side-by-side racing? Like put one, would you rather see a world record fall or would you rather just see great racing and the times and the speeds are kind of irrelevant? I'm just curious what your take is. Share us, uh, put it in the comments one way or the other, because me personally, I'm a big advocate of great racing. I'm not as, I think one of the points I made is that like some of my favorite drag racing that I ever watched uh, or was a part of was the early ADRL pro nitrous pro extreme days. And those cars went four O's and pro nitrous and the, the blower cars went three nineties and eighties. Um, and I, I think that was racing was fantastic. I mean, maybe it wasn't, I mean, it's every bit as good as it is today. I think with the cars running three sixties, three seventies. So I've never no really been married to one or the other, but I don't know. 
Go ahead, Mike. Let, let's talk a little bit. I mean, let's swing back to PDRA. We need yeah. to cover those guys for sure. Uh, we got Tommy Franklin joining us here in a little bit, but yeah, they wrapped up their season. Champions crowned. Awesome racing at uh, at VMP. What was your what was your highlight of the weekend, Wes? Like, what was your what was your number one takeaway? I'd say my number one takeaway, the thing that blew my mind, was uh, probably Todd Moyer in that Carl Stevens Jr. tune twin turbo Camaro in Pro Boost. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, really, still right now, turbo pro mods are few and far between. Like in this moment, I can name four badass ones. Um, I know there are more than that, but like top of mind, Mark Mickey, Mark Wardenhausen, Ed uh, Thornton, and now uh, Todd, Turbo Todd Moyer. This is uh, I'm excited to see that combination back in play. Seeing that car go 227 miles an hour in the eighth mile. I was just really impressed with that. I think it is very rare for someone to not be a regular in the PDRA to come in and make a splash like that. Um, Todd Moyer uh, has kind of been out of the scene a little bit, not as frequent mm -hmm. uh, as we remember him during his 10-5 uh, W days and radial tire days. But I'm, I was excited to see that car back out here. I think that Carl Stevens Jr. is kind of a lightning rod. Right. I, I think that he's just a guy that kind of generates some conversation, generates some talk. He he does things his own way, he does them different, he uses different brands. He and it's I just think it's interesting. It's healthy for the sport. Probably it is. we need those combinations in there. Did you I see mean, the staging the, duel between uh, Nova Joe? Nova Joe Albrecht and Todd Moyer actually had a staging duel. I mean, I think Todd it probably could be argued had at least one of the, all the cars were so fast. I'm who am I? What the, I mean, you can't even say that about PDRA right now. There's not a car that qualified that couldn't win the race, but I, if I had to pick a horse, I wasn't looking forward to going up against Todd Moyer. I mean, like I, he, I think he had a great shot at winning Nova Joe made him wait. They sat lit both top bulbs and Joe, uh, Nova Joe Albrecht, uh, World Series of Pro Mod alumni, uh, he held he held him out. I mean, he didn't hold him out. He just sat there and didn't stage. And Todd finally went in uh, after not terribly long, but enough to. I mean, wins a staging yeah. duel. A staging duel when people start clapping. When yeah. people start clapping on the starting line, it's a staging duel. And there was people were starting to clap. We were getting some crowd reaction. And I thought, okay, this is going to be good. And then Todd went in and turned on the bottom bulb. And Joe went right in, didn't hang him out, went right in. And they, it, but Todd had like a 300 light, dead late. Joe, Nova Joe goes out there and even whacks it once or twice, runs a 390 something and gets the win. I, I that was probably the highlight of the weekend for me watching Jay Cox and Tommy Franklin's pro nitrous cars just dig trenches with the wheelie bars if you're watching drag racing right now and you're not watching pro mod pro mod drag racing right now is firing on all eight serials so jay cox what I mean, was it for me for this weekend yeah you know yeah, with the great with story the, you know that he's gonna hang it up and and he's gonna go back you know spend more time with the family and then to go out and get a win and you know i, I guess it's been a while so i think it's pretty pretty darn cool that that that's how it happened. And that'll probably, that win right there will probably bring him back sooner rather than later, I'd say. <laughs> I think that's a solid right. observation, right? Like, because it had he, had he not won or had a miserable outing, 
in his last, you know, race, you know, it'd have been easier. I think you make a good point and you brought this up earlier. Uh, Mike, well, real quick, Mike, what was your highlight of the weekend? I know that Jay Cox one was near and dear your heart, but a longtime friend of the the Carpenter clan out there. But what, uh, was there anything else that, that caught your attention, caught your eye? Yeah. Uh, Jason Harris, I think he's just been on a tear really since the start of the season at world series of pro mod. I think he, he showed out there and, uh, went into this race, had already sewn up the championship and won the race for good measure. Uh, he's just, I mean, you, you really can't say enough about him. And you go to big dog. He's, he's runs well there, wins championships there. Uh, he's just a, a good freaking racer is what he is, man. And, um, and a good dude, good family, but all the champions in PDRA, I've got, I've got the list here. Um, if you want to like run through them real quick and just give, yeah, run, give run flowers to, yep. to everybody that won a championship in PDRA. Of course, you got Tommy Franklin, Jason Harris, uh, extreme pro stock, Alan Drinkwater, uh, pro 632, Jeff Melnick, pro street, Bill Riddle, super street, Blake Denton, uh, Pro Nitrous Motorcycle, Chris Garner Jones. A lot of these guys, repeat champions, yep. obviously some new ones. Pro Junior Dragster, Braden Davis. Uh, Donnie Urban in Elite Top Sportsman. Chad Trailer in uh, Regular Top Sportsman. Steve Furr in Elite Top Dragster. Steve Furr lives like a mile from my dad's house and his trailer and truck, his, his toter home is always parked out there. But this dude, I swear. I've never seen someone win as many races as this guy. I mean, it's like every race, every sportsman race he enters in every class, this dude wins and and wins championships. Uh, TG, TG uh, Pascal, man, honestly, I don't even know if that, I know, I know these guys, I know their family, but I'm not even sure that that's how you say his name, but we're yeah. going with it. Top dragster champion, Wyatt Stanley, top junior dragster. So uh, we'll, we'll hear from all these guys at the PDRA banquet, which will be coming up soon. We'll see who, who gives the longest and who gives the shortest acceptance speech. <laughs> um, we won't, Jim Halsey won't be able to break his 41 second record this year. So Tommy will be out unless Tommy just goes up there and throws a mic drop 15 second. Not happening deal. I think know. Tommy demonstrate he's verbose. He'll he'll have something to say. I'm looking forward to talking to him today. I mean, he's, he's, he's got an opinion and he'll share it. And I love that about Tommy, but I, I do think, I wonder, Mike, do you have any inside line? And I know we've, we've got a lot to cover, so we got to keep moving, but I wonder if Halsey and company are trying some stuff. It, it just seems like either they're yeah, having well, they some gremlins or yeah, yeah they burnt the motor up. I forget what round I was watching. I think it was, it was a qualifying round one of the early ones and, and definitely heard it there, but they're no stranger to that really. And we'll push that thing. Um, it's just, it, we talked about uh, Franklin, the, some of the stuff that maybe they're trying. We'll talk to Tommy about that. Um, they ran that car almost like a radio car. You could tell they were, you know, with it, not picking the wheels up, really raising the back end up and trying to maybe take advantage of some of what those guys have learned over there and the shock technology in the radio world. And I don't think, that it worked the way they wanted to. And they're back to the traditional setup. Cause that thing's got the rocker it. panels on yeah. the ground. It's got the and front I wonder, wheels up. I mean, I was looking, I mean, that thing's got the wheels in the air to at least yeah. 150, 200 feet. Probably. Right. They're back to running it in, in the standard, you know, big tire method. And I just wonder the R and D with Musi, the new, you know, they got the new crank deal, made the motors a little bit bigger. Um, and then having Jay and Tommy kind of on the same team now, with both running Musi 
motors. And I wonder I just how much R and D, how much R and D, and how much data sharing is going on there with Pat and allowing both of those guys really to kind of catch up with Halsey. I mean, Halsey's had this thing dominated for the last half a decade, really, really, and he's he's been the the uh, standard bearer for performance. And then we saw here at the end of the year, those guys uh, catch up. Jay tied the record. Tommy won like every race since the summer. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if those guys are the, the Halsey team are trying something and Fulton is working on something new. And maybe we were seeing them, seeing them go to that at the end of this year. And then maybe they come out swinging next year. Hey guys, I want to remind you that each and every episode of the West Buck show is made possible by way of our buddies up the road in Oklahoma city at Stroud safety. Stroud safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag shoots and seat belts to fire suits and blankets, all 100% made in America. I know these guys got some really, really exciting news. That's going to be coming out at PRI in just a couple of weeks. I think we're about six, seven weeks away from the PRI show and Stroud safety is going to be making some news there. Make sure you log on to Stroud safety. Safety.com. Like I say, support those who support us and remind them that it was us. It was we here at the West Buck show that sent, sent you. That was my wonder because it's like, okay, you've won all these championships in a row. And during that time, I'm sure the mindset changes a little bit. Like we're focused on winning right now. We're finished, focused on consistency, going rounds, and we're obviously pushing. But I do wonder if there was a moment this season where they go, okay, Tommy's having a hell of a year. He might be due. We need to be kind of finding what we're going to be doing in the future and how we're going to, because in my opinion, like from the outside looking in, I mean, Jim kind of had, I mean, I know that like when we were doing the rules and calling racers and doing everything for World Series of Pro Mod, even nitrous racers kind of treat Jim Halsey like he's in a different class. Do you agree right. with that? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, even all the nitrous racers are like, well, you're trying to compare me to Jim. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, you guys have the same shit, right? But it's like he is in a league of his own in a lot of ways. Uh, Jim Halsey and company, I do. I think they're in a league of their own in a lot of ways. But uh, I, I can't help but you don't get to a league of your own by like resting on your laurels or being content with with what you've got. So I don't know. Very exciting to see uh, something different happening in uh Pro night, it's not. It's like the same but different. It's this kind of the same cast of characters, but a, a different guy coming out on top. But re really exciting time, in my opinion, for pro nitrous racing. And, and to your point, Jason Harris, I saw him his post race interview, or he was it was a top end interview, and he's so good on the starting line, man. I mean, it's and it's not like it's not double O Dallas where he's going double O every run, but it's it's maybe even slightly better. It's this safe, not safe but really good all the time. 040 in the first round, 022 I think he was, 026 in round 2, 022 in the semis and 029 in the final. I mean, if your driver will give you a string of 020 lights, I mean, I I think you're fairly happy with that. Do you agree, Mike? Like, I mean, if I if you had to put a guy in a car right now and go run the world series, if you owned a pro mod and you had one of every one, whichever one you think is the best Perform. Who would you put behind the wheel to drive a car right now? The guy I mean, that you'd put in a car. Yeah, it's it's got Jason's driven them all. The only other one that that comes to mind to me is Travis Harvey. Yeah, who is driven pro is currently driving both the one for Big Dog yeah. Nitrous Cars Pro Boost. He'll go bracket racing just for fun. Um, those two guys, I would have to say, are the are the wheelmen of the of these door slammer classes right now. And if you think back. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but it was 2014. Did Jason Harris not win every single pro nitrous race that season? Yeah. I think that's on correct. route to, to a championship. So, I mean, th- he's been dominant, uh, at times, but he's, he's right there in that top five. Cause here's the thing. If you go season. down through it, it's like, okay, there's, here's the thing. And, and I, we got to say this as a disclaimer before we wrap this segment up, but it's like, all these guys are good. Right. So don't anybody take offense here because every if you qualify in a PDRA pro boost, pro nitrous race, pro extreme or uh, extreme pro stock, I mean, you're doing something right. So everybody's very good. But when you talk about someone like you said, who has been forged in fire, who's been in these high pressure situations, who's been in the win or, or, or the championship, you know, it's all on my shoulders situation like Jason. I mean, Jason Harris, I think he may be the best He's one of the best drivers alive right now. I, I mean, I think as pro and pro modified, I think Jason Harris's party time is probably, I would say he's the best alive. I mean, because even Travis Harvey, I think Travis is a great lever, consistent, safe, not going to wreck your stuff. I mean, he's a fantastic. He's one of my favorites in all of this because he's got some personality too. He's got some swagger. He's still soft spoken, but he's got he can he can go there. He can play that a little bit. Um, he's a sportsman racer. I love the storylines that surround Travis, but you know, we haven't seen him. I mean, has he, he won a PDRA top sportsman championship, didn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, he's had tons of success, but I got to tell you, man, I think Jason Harris, man, he's having a year and a new combo, right? I mean, I think that's the even more interesting thing to see him do it with a multiple, with multiple disciplines is even, even more impressive. I think he's one of the hottest guys in the game right now. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he what he does at the World Series of Pro Mod. I think he's going to be a problem. I'm glad he had a, a good year people because yeah. he he was he was pretty upset with himself at the World Series of Pro Mod Pro Mod because he was, I mean, he may he have had, the he had a hot beat. rod and he yeah, knew it. He did. And, yep. And uh, one, it's one interesting to see light. I think what, what that it, yeah whole show yeah. Well, what does that do early in the season for your confidence and for your program? He comes out swinging at World Series of Pro Mod leads into. Race wins championship. We saw yes. uh, Jay Cox. He ran well. World Series. Well, and of you know what those two did as well? Ran the shit out of them at World Series mm-hmm. of Pro Mod. Both those guys right. made a ton of runs. And like, yep. listen, that's another thing we've talked about. This has kind of been one of the subtle themes of today's show. Is that like you've got to tick a lot of boxes for racers. And that's one thing that I'm proud of with the World Series of Pro Mod. If we did that race any other point in the season, if it was mid year or if it was late in the year, I don't. I don't anticipate doing a bunch of testing. The reason we allow testing at World Series of Pro Mod is because of where it lands on the calendar. It's early in the season, and I want to provide that additional value to our racers that, like, hey, not only are you going to come down here and race on this iconic strip of concrete for $100,000 at the biggest Pro Mod drag race, the biggest drag race in the world, right? But you're also going to get to test all week, right? And I think that that's, uh, you know, those guys are benefiting from the fact that they made full use of that deal. They may not, may not have won, but they didn't make it or they made the most of it. So very interesting. We've seen that happen before too. It makes me th- think back to uh, the first world door, door slammer nationals where Greg Anderson came out and was runner up at that race. And I think it was number one qualifier. Yeah. If I'm yep. not mistaken. And that was elite had been dominant up to that point for a couple of years, you know how this pendulum goes back and forth between KB and elite. And then he came out and had something that year. I think he went on to the championship. Did he not that, that same year? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it started, started his season off on the right way. 
as well. So it's not really just our, I mean, of course it's World Series of Pro Mod, but anytime you can get that ball rolling early, early. and keep it going, just like going out there and qualifying and you, and you shake Q1, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. And it's it's tough to to make that up. You want to get down there, get A to B, get that ball rolling, stay up on it all year. And I think that's what those guys did at these early season races. And it's like no knock against anybody because I look back at World Series in March of twenty March of this year, and it was like Melanie Salemi. I mean, she set low ET of the weekend in the Chicago style second chance race, but she didn't qualify. And it was just that they got one, they were one run behind everybody else. And I mean, I think that that car was a number one qualifying car. Matter of fact, I mean, I think the the odds on favorite for low qualifier was Melanie Salemi at that race, considering how well she had run there before, how successful they'd been there before. But it just goes to show you that like you'd be the best in the world. But if, if they get ahead and you get behind, it's just hard to narrow that gap, especially over the course of a few days in in March in, in Florida. So anyways, guys, uh, let's uh, let's get ready. We got, I believe, Tommy Franklin in the green room. I'm excited to talk to Tommy. Hell of a year. Hell of a close to the year. Mike uh, alluded to this earlier. I believe he was undefeated since mid-July, like around July 22nd, around Pro Stars. He wins Pro Stars and wins out uh, until the final round, of course, of this past weekend when Jay Cox awesome. uh, took the win. But an incredible run. Uh world champion and pdra pro nitrous all-around great guy the pdra selling celebrating their 10th season uh, i don't know how that happened how in the world it's been 10 years seems like yesterday but anyways tommy world champion uh unbelievable performance i know the final didn't go the way you wanted to but we recently spoke with jay cox so we thought it was only fair that we 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 go the other direction we got to celebrate the champ right i mean right now I would argue that one of the toughest championships or to win or the toughest mountains to climb in all of drag racing, including all the NHRA stuff that we talk about all the time and that ultra competitive, you know, NHRA pro stock and all these different categories, pro nitrous, PDRA pro nitrous. I've said it on this show. I say it publicly. The baddest door cars in the world reside within the PDRA. And to be at the top of that heap, especially racing against the guys like Jim Halsey, Jay Cox, I mean, what an incredibly tough way to go drag racing, but you got it done. And in the intro here, but when we were chatting, you talked about finding yourselves. Um, considering how successful Jim Halsey's been the last three years um, and everything that's gone on, what, what? how did you find yourself, Tommy? I mean, how did you make this, this move from, it, it would appear, struggling a little bit, maybe trying some new things, but right back on top in a really dominating performance. I mean, up until Saturday, Sunday night, you hadn't lost a round of racing since the summer, since 4th of July or something. I know you're right. It's, um, I didn't want to lose that final round either, but, um, you know, Jay's a, a good competitor and, uh, I guess it's all right that he won it. No, but, uh, it's, uh, you honestly, man, cause it was the last, last race. Yeah. yeah it was the last race. Last you know, race. Emotional. Yeah. Yep. I had Teddy a Bear Tommy. say that, and you watch the video, you can see I, I went to the wall pretty hard and probably drove it further than I probably should have. But I was, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a in the moment time that I was like, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then I was like, oh, no, I went too far. But <laughs> it was. Uh, were you, it were, was, were uh, you shooting for the record on that run? I mean, you had was, the championship yeah. locked up. After yeah, the first it, round. that was kind of the point. We, we had been, um, I went 61-4. Uh, the record was 61.3. I went 61.4. Then I went 61.9 in the uh, semis. And we just don't get those opportunities, right? The air was there. The track was killer. And I'm like, all right, 
let's do this. There's what are we going to lose other than a race and and breaking a string? I would have rather went into the winter at this point. It's easy to look back hindsight, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it was um, it was something that hey, we don't get an opportunity to do this and and to reset that record would be awesome to do it. But um, you know, to, to answer your question, Wes, we just worked hard, man. I mean, it's been all season long just changing stuff. I mean, it is. We had different things in the engine for the last four races, which is crazy to think of, right? I mean, we're we're trying things and changing things, and you know, it's even as as aggressive as Pat is, he's like, "You're racing for a championship. You sure you want to do that?" And I'm like, "Yep, let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and some of them work, some of them don't, you know. So, um, but hats off to my team. You know, I mean, everybody was willing to work and do it, but uh, the engines, honestly, you know, that sounds like a lot of work, but. You know, I went to every race and not pulling the heads off and just running this thing hard. And it was just a, it was a beast. The car just ran good. The motors were happy. They were, um, you know, we were making changes, but not making big, crazy changes. You know, with nitrous cars, it's easy to just throw a bunch of jet in it and a bunch of timing, go out there and fly and blow them up. But that's not what we were trying to do. We wanted to run good and, uh, you know, try, just try to keep making the engines better. And, um, that's what we did. And I mean, you know, Jeff Pierce has been helping me a ton on the car and, uh, he's, he's just, he kind of got into an element with it and just had, it was in a groove, you know, just picking at the car and just making little bits and changes here and there every round. And the car became super good. And, you know, it's, uh, it started at the beginning of the year and just, we struggled, you know, early and it's like, what in the world? And, you know, you get out here and you, you talk to people and help people. And there's people that are helping us all the time, just, you know, talking about things. And, uh, we went testing. Um, it's funny. Everybody always says, Oh, I bet you can test all the time at, at VMP. And I'm like, no, honestly, since I've had the racetrack, I've tested three times, <laughs> you know, in the last wow. six years. Um, but we, we did, we had a test session. We came off of, um, I can't remember what race it was, but we came off of a race and uh, we were going to the beach for a week and um, I was making my wife happy for once, right? We were going away and we're going to the beach and we were gone for a couple of days and Tyler had a test session at the racetrack and we decided, uh, hey, we've got a couple of things we want to try. Let's go back and try this. <laughs> so we did. And that was kind of the the, the changing point. Little small changes. Um you know, Ricky and I was talking about some things, you know, Ricky Smith and I, and just, you know, and, and same thing, not, not that either sides, uh, tuning either car, it's nothing like that, but you know, sometimes you just talk about these cars and the things that you see and what it does. And you're, you're stumped about stuff and came back and made a couple of changes and the car goes out there and, um, like just completely different car. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. We've been banging our head on the wall, you know? And, and from that point forward, we just started picking on the car and it was going, you know, you've got to go A to B first before these things can get fast. And, and that's what we started doing and just picking away at it. But yeah, I didn't even, um, you know, realize the string that we had had winning races. You know, we, we come out of pro stars. There was, uh, Martin, uh, Norwalk, Pro Stars. You know, I think the only Maryland was the one that kind of broke a string there where we lost um, earlier at Maryland. Um, but the, it was just good. And, you know, somebody came up to me and they're like, hey, man, you know, we'd won two in a row. And they're like, you're going to win, you know, three in a row. And I'm like, 
you realize how hard that is to do? The odds are stacked against me, you know, and then we won three in a row and then we come into this last race. And, and in my mind, you know, you're in a championship hunt and, and I'm thinking, okay, the odds are stacked against me. How good can you keep doing, you know? But only thing we can do is focus on turning on wind lights and, and the car did everything that it was supposed to do. And, you know, we uh, didn't get uh, soft. We didn't get conservative, you know, didn't want to play a whole lot of defense. You know, it's it's funny, you know, there's nothing that drives me worse than watching a football game and seeing prevent defense in the second half and you watch a league go to nothing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we were just going after the uh, – making the best runs that the racetrack would give us every single run. That was our goal, so – how shock i mean there's a bunch of things to touch on tommy but like you were just talking about that early round uh exit there jim halsey going out in round one is just such a unusual situation i'm sure that scenario probably hadn't even crossed your mind that it would be something that was decided early in the weekend not at all because they're a great team you know i say this all the time they're a great team you don't expect to see stuff like that um you know, sometimes when you're you're the, as good as they are, people usually mess up against you, right? And give you give you opportunities. And it's not uh, anything that you can control. But I, I you roll this back to the race before at Galat. Um, I'm behind him, behind them in the lanes. We're going up, and uh, he had a break against them first round. And I'm like, oh, it's not happening here. You know, he, he goes out and he shakes. And, and and you look at, from my seat, that's like, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have went down that round. But, um, you know, then went out early at uh, Glotten. And when we come back here, no, I, I expected that that wasn't going to happen. Because it's unlike them. But but they're the same way. They, they're aggressive. They race aggressive. They're going to go out there and, and uh, put up everything that they can. But you talk about emotions. I mean... I'm sitting there and I, I see that happen. And yeah, it's funny because my team doesn't say anything. Nobody come and said, you know, hey, Jim lost. Hey, good job. Everybody's quiet. And I'm like, hey, guys, we just won the championship. <laughs> you, know, <it's, laughs> you know, you know, so the emotions are, are everywhere. And I'm like, oh, gosh, we got a round to win, you know, because you know how it is at that point. You're like, you don't want it to be that somebody else handed you the championship. You wanted to do, I, had, I knew going into that race, I needed to win two rounds to control my own destiny. And that, that was our goal was, Hey, we need to go in here and win the race, not, not let it be saved by someone else. So I tried to get it together really quick and let's uh, go make a lap. And we did. Can you like reflect or story tell a little bit uh, about just the experience of achieving all this, and all of this happening like with your family, because I, I, I imagine there's there's ups and downs to that. Right. I mean, you guys spend a ton of time together. I'm sure there are moments like, OK, leave this alone or whatever. But to see your your girls doing so well, Blake do it, winning a world championship as well. They're getting engaged, you know, to do this the way you guys do it. What how much does that add to it? Not and I don't want to like I'm not discounting or whatever. Anybody that's like the solopreneur or the solo racer, but we have to acknowledge that it's pretty amazing the way you guys do this as a big family. I mean, I I can't imagine what it's like to be at this racetrack that you spent all this time at and poured all this energy and effort into and have all these things happen. I mean, it's pretty storybook. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. It is. It's, um, 
on one side of it, that's I always say this. That's the only reason I can do it, right? If I was leaving my family at home and and just going to to race and not having them there, then uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's part of the secret, man. I, I, it's like, hey, let's buy everybody race cars. We're going to the racetrack. But, <laughs> but uh, in, in all honesty, I mean, we do it together, and 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 because we want to, you know, it's um, or because I want to. I, I love it, and and I know that. You know, my girls love it. I know that my wife loves it, even though she says she wants a beach house. But we have race cars right now, so we're not having a beach house. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's um, it's something that's enjoyable. And, and as we all know, that's time that you'll never get back. You know, they're they're going to have a life. They're going to continue to grow in their life. And, you know, Amber's getting married and, you know, that that stuff's uh, things will change. The landscape will eventually change, you know? So you look at that and, uh, you don't ever want to see it do that, but, you know, racing is, is our life, but at the same time, there's, there's a lot more to it. So I love the fact that we race together. It's, um, it's probably, uh, it's something that, that helps a lot because, the racing world can be cruel, right? There's, there's just a lot of things out here that are, uh, the internet's cruel. You see stuff, you see the way things are said and the, 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 the way people think. But, um, what I know is we go out and put our hardest effort out at every time and, and we'll, uh, take a step back if it looks like we're getting, um, anything thrown our way. So I'd like to earn everything and I make, make my kids earn it the same way. So, um, I enjoy it, you know, to, to answer your question. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. I love doing it. We spend a lot of time together. Um, you understand that, Hey, we work together, we race together, things like that. That's a lot of time. And, you know, with yeah. my wife and I, it's hard to, uh, sometimes you, you try to, you have to segment that, you know, and, and, and cut that up and, when we go home, it's like, hey, can we can we not talk about that? Yeah, let's. The, and, and we have work to talk about, racing to talk about, and and the hard part is, you know, at work when I'm when we're being a, an electrician here, then it's like, you know, Judy's trying to nail me down every day. Hey, I need to talk to you about this for PDRA. I need to talk. I'm like, uh, so that usually happens at dinner, you know. And it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's uh, it's hard because as as much as we are together, there's also a lot of things that try to you know, split up the time. But I mean, we're no different than anybody else. Everybody has a busy life, you know, and that's the thing is we're all busy in our own ways. Um, but, you know, it's just, uh, we work well together. Every, everybody works well together. And the fact that we can do it and um, it's a lot of work, you know, you go to the racetrack and there's a lot of stuff there. And I can tell you, man, we had this weekend, we had five cars running because my youngest, got to make her first experience at bracket bash at pdra and and drive um we got a little s10 bracket truck that, that judy's she, raced a little bit right she has or, yeah 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 so she uh she kicked judy out of the seat and um you know we always joke with judy that she's like fair weather racer it's got to be like uh 65 to 70 degrees <laughs> for her to hey, you know nothing wrong get with that. yeah so this was like her weather at this racetrack but she got booted out of the seat and ashley took her spot but uh you know, just uh, I don't know. Sometimes it might be a good thing because it keeps us busy and we don't have to think and dwell on on what's going. And um, really, it's oh, Ash is in the lanes. We got to get up there. Amber's in the right. lanes. And and, you know, uh, it, it comes down to my crew guys as well, because everybody has their you know spot and what they do. But we also have something on every car. So it's not like 
we, we've tried we, we've tried more and more to get to where there's dedicated people to the cars. Um, but at the same time, we're all out there supporting each other. This isn't a business. It's a it's a family event. So we're out there supporting everyone. And uh, Ash seems to be the kind of she's the young one coming up. So everybody's standing up there watching her, you know, making her uh, debut. So it was cool. But five cars, you know, you're running around crazy. And uh, I don't know, like I said, sometimes my brain will go all over the place. So maybe it was better for me that I could I have to focus on that. So, hey, folks, real quick, I want to give a quick shout out to the gang at Aeromotive Fuel Systems, a brand built on passion and performance. Three generations deep, they're not just making fuel systems, they're building a legacy. They've redefined what racers expect from their fuel systems by way of an unwavering commitment to quality and a spirit of innovation that has existed since day one. So if you're looking to upgrade your fuel system, make sure you check out Aeromotive. That's aeromotiveinc.com, www.aeromotiveinc.com. Trust me, those guys are the real deal. Yeah, you guys are all yeah. over the place. I mean, it's you're crazy. out there winning, running the track, running the series, uh, running all these cars. And then uh, I saw Judy posting. I mean, you guys had just won the championship and she's posting, uh, you know, champions, please come to the winner's circle or whatever so I can measure your fingers for rings and, and everything. You guys are having to do all these aspects and really um, be a part of everyone's racing experience for the weekend. So, I mean, how is that to, to the point where you almost can't even – fully focus on your own success or or the championship because you've got all these other uh, PDRA racers and champions that you have to do all these things for. And and I know Judy's diving right into banquet planning now. So it's, it's really like a selfless act. And it's very impressive to see all the things you guys are able to juggle at one time. Yeah. I mean, it is, but at the same time, there's a, Like I'll field the, we love talking to the people that just won championships and won races, right? They're the happy people who wouldn't want to talk to them. (laughs) You know, the, the ones that are the, uh, the fielding, the complaints, it's sometimes it's hard, but I get it. Everybody's here to have a good time. And when you ruin their good time, it sucks to see that, you know, and that's the hard part about doing the stuff and hard part about the internet and seeing the way that people think and, um, without knowing the the full story of why things are done and decisions are made, but we always look out for the best of everything. And, and Judy loves, uh, though she'll probably tell you right now, she doesn't love, but you know, when it's banquet planning time and PRI planning time, who boy, these next two months, y'all got to pray for me because it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> she, it, it's the crazy, crazy season for her, you know, because you can prepare and get there. And it's, it's funny because, Props to her for getting the ring sizes because it's so funny that we're usually, you know, reaching out to all the champions. You need to go get your ring size, do this and do that. And that's hard for somebody to go to a jewelry store and do that kind of thing. And uh, so she come with a whole ring size selector and she's <laughs> like, hey, I got everything. You don't have to go nowhere. So it's uh, she she was ahead of it on that. And there's just, um, you know, there's a lot that goes, but it never feels bad. You know I mean? It never feels like, Oh, I don't have to want to have to go do this. It's not that situation. It, when you've got champions that you're celebrating and same thing with all the PDRA staff, I mean, they made it cool for them. They're up there celebrating championships. We did pictures with them. Crystal's got champagne that she's popping off for them. And, you yeah, know, the winter circle photos are great. We got a full gallery from yeah, Gary I started, uh, Yeah, I started beating Gary up about that earlier in the year. And I said, because I actually like here I am like this like inner working stuff, but I'm going, 
hey, in our coverage of the PDRA races, we don't have winter circle photos. We are using these action photos and everybody knows what the cars look like. I mean, that's established. Like they've watched the live feed. There's photos of the cars everywhere. We need, I want human faces. And we want, we didn't have a deal in place with Gary to get photos. And I was like, hey, I want every single winter circle photo ever taken at PDRA moving forward. Like every one of them always send an invoice because those moments and kudos to you guys. Cause I think that's like a growth thing where the PDRA has grown is that you can tell it in the winter circle. And uh, this is secret sauce shit. Like people don't realize it, but that, that level of effort in the winter circle, it's just like your guys's banquet. That stuff matters. You may not hear about it and you may not, you know, you'll probably never get the kudos you deserve, but man, there are people in this, you know, it doesn't clearly doesn't apply to Tommy Franklin, but there are people out there that don't win very often. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to be reminded that there are people that will probably never win another one. You, you know what I mean? And especially when you win at PDRA, that's hard. Everybody knows how hard that is. And that's got to be a memorable experience, right? I mean, it's got to, and that's the way you get everybody else excited because they're getting doused in champagne and you know what I mean? Good. I mean, I think yeah. that's awesome, man. Uh, Kudos to you guys for expanding on that experience. I'm curious, 10 years of PDRA, and we, you, you've touched on a couple of it with social, and I want to talk about that, but like, just maybe 10 years of doing this. I mean, did you think it'd make it that far? I mean, what, what is your, like, if you have to just immediate reaction to someone telling you that you've been doing the PDRA for a decade? Yeah, it's Hard to believe from the aspect that, man, it feels like it's been like two years, right? <laughs> so, um, like 10. but I don't ever think that it was started out that, Hey, let's, let's bridge the gap, you know, until something else comes along. So I'm, um, I'm terrible about, I don't lose well. I don't give up well. I don't, you know, things, things like that. Just, I, I hate just to, uh, and to a fault at times. Sometimes you just hold on, hold on, hold on. And, uh, to me, you go through the ups and downs and you keep trying to come out and there's usually a, a better side to it if you, if you, you know, weather the storm. But, um, it's honestly been great. You know what I mean? The, the PDRA has been 10 years of building and, and I think that's when it's fun, right? It's when you're building and you can always do better. That's when it's fun when you see success out of that. Um, but, Guys, let's be honest, you guys have been here the whole time through it. So you see it, you see there's been changes as it goes through. Um, we're sitting here, we're holding it. It's like, hey, this is great. Uh, sometimes you you don't see as as big as it is and as great as it is. And, and Wes, you're, you're probably the best one that's ever come and said, you know, hey, go out there and tell the world how bad y'all are because you are, you know what I mean? And, and we're not good about that. I've never been good about that. But, you know, when I do, what I've learned to do is take a step back and look at where we are and look at what we do and compare because sometimes your, your competition is what you have to compare to, right? You can, I want to be much bigger and better than we are today. We're not where we want to be. But sometimes when you look at the competition level and you look at what you're doing and what's happening within the series, and it's funny because, right, this isn't scripted. We don't script none of this. This is all stuff that, hey, the racers make the story. So the racers come out here. But when you put competition together like it is out there, it is unreal because 
I don't care what class it is that we have. It is just the toughest racing I see out there. And that's not anything about me just trying to, you know, promote my brand. It is just they are the baddest racers in the world. Every class from the junior dragsters to the to pro nitrous, everything in between. It's the baddest racers in the country. And the the where I do think that we help that is we try to give good racetracks, good, consistent surfaces, everything that we can do to do it. And it's never going to be perfect. I'm not here to, you know, to say that, that it's that. But when you make that attempt to give them the best that you can every time, I think that's what happens is people's level of competition rise. And, and we have that. And when I look at it and sit back and look at us as a series, I'm like, I can confidently say that we have the best racers in the world doing it. And that doesn't mean that there, aren't, there aren't other good racers out there. But I'm just saying we bring them onto the same property and, and let them go head to head. And boy, it shows up, you know, by some of the tightest fields. Um, what what was Pro Boost this week? 600s between uh, 16 cars. And there was 65-0 didn't get you in the show. It's like that is unheard of, you know. So uh, it really is. The, it's the, great. Have you ever made the mistake of asking someone if they run top sportsman at like a PDRA race? I have because I mean, like a hundred times I go, oh, you're going to go to Martin. You guys live in the Midwest. You go, I can't qualify there. You know what I yes. mean? I mean, and that's like the immediate reaction to like most rate. Like I can't. And that's top sportsman, top dragster. They're like, oh, no, I don't have a chance at PDRA. I can't go because I'm and that is a real I mean, that's a, a, a point of pride, I think. Right. For you guys that I mean, like you said, it's not just pro boost and pro nitrous or mountain motor pro stock or extreme pro stock. Excuse me. I mean, it's all these categories are filled with killers. I'm curious, did you like, and this is me, like this is like not exactly a softball question, but like is, what is the future vision for the PDRA? I mean, I think that 10 years, I mean, you got, if you really look back, you have now, PDRA has officially stood the test of time. Mike, how long was ADRL around? How long was xd or whatever the hell that thing was called like most mm. of those adrl had some significant lifespan right no yeah. doubt made an impact um let's say what it was like five five six seven years something like that i'm just and saying making it XDRL to 10 years like a seems, year or two yeah year year or two um it's pretty freaking significant tommy i mean are you surprised to have made it here at all i mean i guess you said you're pretty hard-headed we know that as well um <laughs> so maybe not but like where do we go from here? What do you see as the next hill to climb uh, as far as the PDRA is concerned? Or what, what what's important to you? I had a friend is a great icebreaker. He says, uh, what's keeping you up at night? What's keeping you up at night when it comes to PDRA moving forward? Yep. Um, I think it's simple. I think it's the same thing that everybody wants. We've grown our uh – our, our racing's great, right? I mean, I think the racing's great. It's perfect. It's competitive. We have great car counts. All of that is great. So that's going to continue to feed itself, I feel like. And everybody wants to be there. And and you're right. If you think that they can't qualify, they're probably working on a way that they can. Right. So uh, that will continue to fix itself and um, or, or help itself grow. Uh, you know, and our spectator count has gotten better and better. It's been great all season long, but what I really want is to see that when every we whenever we come into town, I want everyone to know that we're in town and everyone want to be there. You know that that's our goal. So it's all about you know brand awareness and and about racer awareness and making our racer stars and and things like that. And we 
it, it doesn't get built overnight. You know, we've seen it. That's something that's uh, hard to do. But but we do a lot of trying to uh, we're trying to introduce our, our people to the world. And, you know, whether that's on social media, the things that um, you guys do and all the media, everybody that, that kind of contribute to trying to uh, let everybody know who we are, you know, and, and it's no doubt the, the disadvantage there is we're not on broadcast TV, you know? So, um, is that something I would love to have? Sure. You know what I mean? I would love to have that. Um, but I also want to have sustainability. I want to have, uh, things that we know that, uh, I'm not a producer, obviously. So if I go out and buy a couple cameras and try to produce a show, that thing's probably going to flop and we're going to waste a lot of money. Right. So, uh, we, How we just have to, like, this is a fun conversation. Like, Mike, and this is a huge top topic of conversation in sports right now as a whole, because everybody is contending with this TV situation because times are changing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, WWE was way ahead of the curve many moons ago when they announced their own channel or whatever, and they kind of did it perfectly because they they bring out their own network and they're going to have all this behind the scenes stuff and they're gonna have all these extra wrestling matches and all this old stuff of archives they do their own channel right going into COVID or right prior to that and i think peacock ended up buying all the rights to wwe and they kind of sold the content but it seems there's going to be a lot of movement towards your own network your own app your own place to stream do you feel, and Mike, JT, I want you guys to pop in on this conversation as well, because are you, could it be argued that you guys are ahead of the curve by having, by relying exclusively on streaming flow racing as a broadcast partner? Like, I wonder if you're just ahead of it. Like, I wonder if you're ahead of the wave, because I think that's where a lot of viewership, like my kids, I told this to my mom, my mom's in town um, last night. And I said, you know, it's funny. My kids don't call tv commercials commercials they call them ads and it's it, it's so funny because so we sit next to me and she go oh that was a good ad and I, it is so funny the terminology but viewing <laughs> behavior has changed people i mean unless it's like a football game or you know world series it's got to be a really prominent nba or mlb game um appointment viewing is kind of a thing of the past people watch stuff when they want to watch it. You know what I mean? And where they want to also, where there's they no differentiation to. between TV, the thing on your wall or whatever, and the thing in your hand or your iPad, your computer, all these things It all kind of is run together yet. No, because I mean, I, I mean, I wonder if there's an argument to be made. I, I spent the money on broadcast TV and like, I'm about to get myself in probably some shit here, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know that it's worth it, Tommy. You know what I mean? It's been a lot of money, bunch of money. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it's such a, you're so out of control of the process of like what the final thing's going to be. It's a tough world. And if you don't have like one of these networks in your back pocket, or if you don't have some friends, or if you're not part of a network, I came into that whole world just saying, Hey, I want to buy TV time. Somebody sell me TV time. Right. And looking back on it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it made a difference. Ratings were good. Um, meaningful. I think our initial viewing had 150 to 200,000 or whatever view or what the, however they rate it. Um, so the viewership was good, but it didn't change our lives. You know what I mean? I think it was fun to talk about for like a week or two when we announced it. Um, I got a lot of feedback from some like people high ups, but that's all perception. 
Right. You know what I mean? They're just going, oh, you're on TV. Congrats. That sounds like a good thing. But now almost a year removed, I'm going, I don't know, man. I think you guys may, I think you're onto something. There are going to be people that probably tell you, oh, you guys should have been on TV. You should be getting on TV. I don't know. I think you guys have been invested in the future, moving, moving in the future. Do you guys think there's an argument but, to be made for that? If you, if, if you would have been, if the production, you know, would have been up to your standards, I guess. On the TV um, show. Yeah, you probably would have thought completely different maybe, about that. Though. Maybe, you know, um, but still, I, I don't think, think that, it. You know, did you know, not our, move our expectations are high, and you know, as they should be. Yeah, and you know, when somebody doesn't quite meet those, um, of course, you're disappointed. But I didn't have bit, any sponsorship. It was sales. still really, it, it was, was still really. Cool, I'm not though. trying to. No, it was place, still. But I didn't. No, no, sell it was still anything. really cool. It was super cool to tell my friends, and I got a picture of like World Series Pro Mod on my channel guy. Right, like that was cool. But I'm just saying, like, trying to be honest to the audience, it's like. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent convinced. I had a conversation with um, Greg Gill. He's the CEO of GT World Challenge, right? The road racing deal, and he told me that his view on it is is what we're talking about. Is that he said I'm never going on broadcast, and I'm not. I'm paraphrasing here, so please don't hold Greg to this. But <laughs> he said he wouldn't go on. He wouldn't make the investment to go on broadcast television ever again. Um, and they're not renewing any of their deals. And the only way he would do it is if there was a like sponsorship deal tied directly to it. Like company A comes right. along and says, Hey, we want to be involved in this event series or whatever, but we have to have X amount of TV time. He goes, I would then work on making that deal. He said, the only way I'm going on TV is if they're paying me for it, even if they're not paying me much, but I'm not like they're carrying, they're carrying the water on that deal. And I, now, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like if CBS called me and said, hey, we don't think you get the ratings to justify us writing you a big check, but we do think you got the ratings to justify us producing a show, investing, um, I'd be all ears. But as far as like stroking a check to get on TV, I don't know. I don't know that it's – Do you think Do you think that uh, – I think that's where the PDRA and Tommy have, have done well. And they've been around for so long yeah. that you have you have people trained. To, that know that we're going to be on Florida racing, you know, we're going to be there. So, so go check it out there. And, and you've, you've, you've been around long enough that I think you've got people trained to know where to go get that. And it's live. You know, watch and people race, want to watch you know. this racing live also. And I think when you have live, like what we had, we had live yep. coverage from flow racing that everyone enjoyed. And then a month later we had this produced show and it's so different that, I almost feel like you have to have one or the other, really, because if you try to present it those two different ways, it's just it's kind of an odd mix. So I feel like for this type of racing that a lot of friends and family want to watch, everyone wants to watch live, they want to see their runs immediately, that streaming is the way to go. And well, and it's cool too. Like like you can like you you're talking about with uh, your mobile phone or your iPad or your computer or your TV or whatever. So if you have to run to go do something and you don't want to miss it, you know, then you throw it on your phone. You got it in your truck. Dude, you I hate playing. to tell you how I mean, much, you know, I mean, my wife, know. like if the PDRA race is on, I watch it on my phone. Like wherever, I mean, if we're in traffic, we're at church, mm -hmm. wherever, and we're, we're going to watch it, you know? And uh, I think, I just wonder as that platform grows, because I think sometimes we think these things are like at the end of their evolution, you know, but like these things. And they're not. They're yeah. not. Like the streaming experience is going to continue to get better. Like I don't see really any complaints about quality of streams or any of that stuff online anymore and 
I, I do think that, I mean, we've got a little bit of a secret in that we get a text from Nate Van Wagenen that says pro nitrous is in the water. He's our push notification, right? Yeah. So we got a hookup, but I think that will probably become part of flow. Like if I was flow, I'd be building that into that app where it's like, I can send a notification about what's happening on the stream. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that whole thing's going to continue to evolve and y'all are probably going to be happy that you've been learning it in figuring it out for the last 10 years. Cause there's going to be other people that kind yeah. of try to come into the streaming space that are starting at zero. Yeah. Right. I mean, so maybe you're ahead of the curve, Tommy. I don't know how we got onto that, but it's like I said, it's all over sports. Like I subscribed to sports business journal. Uh, and I brag about this a lot cause it's 800 bucks a year. It's yeah, the I had craziest no idea magazine subscription. And I had no idea what it cost. Me either. But it is worth it. They send you a magazine a week. Oh, yeah. It's worth it, it is, dude. And you're on. The, it's like really good information, like fantastic information if you're in the sports world. But anyways, huh. um, hey, guys, I want to remind you, if you want to look as cool as JT and Mike do on your screen, possibly in the palm of your hand right now, you want that sick Racers Club shirt? You want that OG Racers Club hat custom made? Drip. Custom made? Saskatchewan seal skin bindings. That's true. That's what they're made from. The hats are made out of Saskatchewan seal skin. It's incredible, incredible on your head, the way it fits, the way it feels. Now I'm just joking, but seriously, if you want to join the movement, if you want to be part of the club, you want to make it official, log on to racer.club today. We've got a brand new drop coming out in the next couple of weeks. We got a sick late October drop. We got a sick Black Friday drop. So seriously, make sure you check out the website. We've got new products dropping quite frequently now. We got a hoodie that's getting ready to come out that's going to be sick. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. That's at Racer Club. Uh, www.racer.club. Check it out. Get yourself some gear. Uh, to comment on that real quick, Wes, the, the one thing that – so I we have a electrical business, but also a low-voltage business that we do a lot of new residential, so over 3,000 homes a year. And the interesting piece that I always notice is – all right, so we do cabling, right? So whether that's cable TV, whether that's internet cabling, things like that, nobody – everybody we meet with is like – I don't need cable TV. I don't need that anywhere. And, and you know, so we're looking at it as, as a business model. So it's really changed. Now it's like, okay, well, you need good wireless. You need good, you need to be able to stream. Right. You need to be to this. And I can tell you that it's probably 75% of those customers, that's what they say. You know, and, and you know, which is at first I look at it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is bad for this side of the business. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, there's other opportunities. You have to, you know, then we need to work on you having good internet. You could be in a stream, you'd be able to do that because that's what everybody wants. But then you take it to the racing side of it. I think that what keeps it so, why we have these questions is because most of our racers probably still watch cable TV, right? Our, our physical racers still are watching t- cable TV and that's important to them. And it's important to them to have, um, to be on TV. And, and this is not a knock to anyone, but I see this all the time. And, and, and again, look, when, when we talk about NHRA and that this is NHRA is a great organization. You talk about, they have top fuel and funny car. That's their, that's their big leader. Well, we're pro nitrous and pro boost, you know, that's our big leader, you know, and then we have pro stock and we have pro street and we have pro 632 and the bikes, you know, everything else comes along with it. But my point being that, you know, there's times that I look at why, why would you go over and spend the kind of money that you're spending? Cause there's a lot of guys that spend big money to put up huge money to, to race there. 
you know, and I'm like, and it's like, well, we got to get on TV. Well, but what is that TV doing for you? Because we just said it, you know, it's like it, it aired at three o'clock in the morning and, and you, nobody got to see it. And, and was it a really good depiction of what we did? Because we already knew what happened, right? I mean, we all go to wherever we need to go to find out. So, so we had this big division of, of, you know, the, the diehards are watching us. The diehards are getting on to flow. They're watching. They're looking for results. They're seeing it. We, we have all them. Everybody's doing it. They're there. Is that enough, though, right? How do you get the people that don't follow you every day? How do you get the people that that turn on Street Outlaws on Tuesday night that, you know, and, and, and watch that show? How do you get that? And and are they true race fans? Most of them are not, right? They they, yeah. they enjoy cars. They enjoy competition. They enjoy uh, that they can, uh, you know, hey, I know what that's about. I know I used to have a car like that, you know. So we always talk about do we relate and things like that. So that's the hard part is you, you touched on the fact that we're changing every day. And I think, I think it's clear where we're headed, right? I mean, everybody knows that it's headed to where it's a streaming system, you know, a streaming world. Um, but it's all still the same problem is how do you get on with the right people onto the right network and get, get to where you're streaming? Because we want to be seeing, you know, I think that the, the benefit is, uh, I'm assuming it's this where this this way everywhere, but we're all busy lives. You know, we the days of you know growing up, my parents were both home by four thirty five o'clock, and you had dinner by six o'clock, and you know there was a time schedule that we all hit. But if you guys are doing that, I'm really mad because my life doesn't happen that easy. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's so unusual to have nothing to do. I had that conversation yeah. with my wife the other day, yeah. like how crazy that is. When, cause we kind of had that happen on this Sunday where I like, it just fell. My mom was in town. Soph was sick. And it was like, all we can do is try to get her feeling better. The race was on. I wanted to watch the race. And it's like, we have nothing to do. And it was so weird, you know, like so unusual. Cause like you said, you're mm -hmm. normally like, okay, we got to be here band practice, blah, 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 this thing, that thing, such and such. And you're going, Oh my God, this is so hard to keep. I think you make a couple of observations off what you said. First off the NH, they're an NHRA. They're an interesting example because We've seen a lot of uh, positive talk over the course of the last several years, well, at least the last couple of years, post-COVID probably, um, or amidst COVID, where the NHRA's TV ratings have been very good, right, Mike? JT, mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen all these reports and uh, – I mean, we've, we've helped spread some of that message. You know, we put out the press releases or whatever that all the, you know, crazy numbers, right, are over a million viewers. But is it – does it matter? Because – I see a bunch of races that don't have sponsors. I see a, a title right sponsorship that's going away. Um, now, there's rumblings that there's a big new title right sponsor for the NHRA that's going to be announced. And I've heard a bunch about it, but I haven't seen anything official, so I don't want to say. But, I mean, my point is, NHRA's got the TV numbers, supposedly record viewership, and I don't see... You know, I don't see sponsors beating their door down, so that tells me that maybe good numbers on TV alone aren't enough. Right. Like I hear a lot of a lot that it's about how much attention can you garner? And I think that attention comes in a lot of different ways. And I think that attention is largely like a perception based thing. And I, I want to continue on that point because it's like 
you mentioned NHRA's got top fuel funny car. PDRA's got pro, st- pro boost and pro nitrous. You know what No Prep Kings has? Daddy Dave, Murder Nova, Lil Country. They don't have classes. They have those people. Like nobody is going to that event going, oh, badass, they're running big tire this weekend. They don't even know. They don't know shit about it. They have no idea, right? But they're a fan of those people. And I got to tell you, again, kudos to the Franklin family and everybody involved in keeping the PDRA going because you're right. This is a slow burn. Turning people into like – Look at how hard the UFC has to work to try to find the next Conor McGregor. Whenever he happens, shit starts happening, pay-per-views start selling, sponsorship. But when he goes away, you know what I mean? You're spending years and years and years and millions and millions of dollars trying to find the next one because it's not automatic. You know what I mean? And look at – I mean I would argue that MPK is suffering something of a downturn because the stars aren't doing that well anymore. Ryan Martin's not had the same type of success he has. You know, Kai Kelly has obviously ran really well, but there's been a lot of kind of relative unknowns show up in the winner's circle at No Prep Kings races, and you're going, I I wonder how that's going to impact the business because if it's not one of these well-known names from the show winning the race and running good and making lots of passes, I don't think they sell the type of tickets they do. Like, I think if that just becomes a big tire No Prep race, I don't I don't think it lasts. I really don't. I think it's already defied the odds in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. A lot of points there, sorry. No, you're right and I think that that this all comes back we've talked about drag racing our age of viewers is too high, right? Too old. I mean, look, I'm one of those guys, right? I love it. I love, you know, but but I also recognize that we need to have the younger people uh invested in the sport and understand it and enjoy it. Um, you know, at, at, at Virginia Motorsports Park, we had, we have street outlaws come in. It's those people, they're great people. You know, they come in, the event's great. Um, you see their spectators come in and it's a older crowd as well. It's the same crowd as the, you know, person that's watching NHRA and watching drag racing on NHRA. It's that kind of the same deal that, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm coming to meet a star really is what they're doing rather than just watching diehard racing. We've all seen it. I've, I've had national events. I've had no prep Kings events. These people just come in in droves. They, they stay a couple hours. They watch their hero go down the racetrack and, and they get to go get an a, a autograph from them and then they leave. And I'm like, but where are you going? <laughs> you know, and right. it's, they, they've got all that they wanted. And, and, and I think that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the point is that, that they weren't there for watching diehard drag racing. Right. They're like not you there and I to would. watch every round and see, you know, a, a staging duel and E2. Like they're not there. They're there to go. Cause I've had that conversation with a lot of promoters as, as well. It's like, Hey man, you, you get a little lost on like the trying to make sure that people are there for the whole time or whatever, trying to serve the needs of this very small percentage of people that are at the event from start to finish. A large majority of folks are here for two hours, whatever, get a, get a hot dog, hang out, have a beer, watch a little racing, go home as soon as they start to break a sweat or whatever their little trigger is, you know? So it's a very interesting thing for sure. But I, I just, I think in closing here, uh, 
I think it's amazing what you guys have done, Tommy. I, I, I'm glad and proud and humbled that you guys have, you've done a ton of business with us. You've supported us. Um, and we've, I, I like to believe we've supported one another. We've done a lot of growing together and, and I value it. I hope you know that because I'm so thankful for the PDRA and what it represents in our community. It's significant, man. And I, have you ever heard, uh, and there, I'm going to get in trouble. Mike and JT are going to get mad at me because I'm going to get philosophical here but i do want to remind you of one thing have you ever heard of the 90 uh the 99 one rule when it comes to social media all right you need to remember this because and i have this conversation a lot because i know what you're talking about when you talk about that online what you see on social there's this concept and this was uh i can't remember what school it was but some university did this study and they identified that this 90 nine one rule and it indicates that 90 percent of the people on social media are considered lurkers that's 90 percent. so they are quiet participants read and observe but rarely contribute if ever right that's like i mean to be honest that's kind of me like i look at social quite a bit you know what i mean and i pay attention but i rarely say anything right? I certainly rarely comment on anything. But then there's 9% of these people that contribute from time to time. I think I'm in the 9%. You know what I mean? So there's 90% that never say shit. There's 9% that say something every once in a while. Then there's 1%. If you tell us you're in the 1% too, I'm going to die laughing. I'm not. not. (laughs) The 1% are the people that comment on everything, right? Every day have six status updates, Right, reply to everything. And I, I, I think that anybody that's ever dealt in with like criticism on the internet needs to remind themselves of the 99-1 rule. And it's that yeah. 99% of the people on social, they're not going to say much, if anything, is the takeaway. It's the 1%, the 1% that bitch and moan and always have an angle or always have an opinion or whatever. So... The reason I'm telling you that, Tommy, is there's a whole world of us that are big fans of everything that you all all touch uh, and everything you guys do. And I hope you know it because, I mean, if you think about the landscape of drag racing sans PDRA, problem. I mean, big problem, in my opinion, you know? No, we appreciate that. And I I recognize it that uh, it it takes time to learn and grow that and and just be able to block out that – the only reason social media would ever bother anyone or ever bother me, I'm not going to say anyone, um, is because I want everyone to be happy. Right. Yeah. Um, but I know that that's not going to happen. And some people just never will be happy. And some people just looking for a reason not to be happy. So, oh, yeah, man. Um, it's sport to a it, lot of it's folks. Easy for, it, it's easier for me just to block it out and be like, you know what? I'm not going to waste energy and effort on those kind of things because there's just some things that you can't control. But, um, you know, but hey, when you're you want your employees to be able to be, you know, confident about the things they do and stuff like that. And that's the kind of things that uh, I think I've gotten tougher skin over time. That's like, whatever, I don't care no more. Whatever. Maybe it's an age thing. As you get older, like, whatever, I'm not worried about the people, you know, the, what they say. But the real truth is I am worried about it because I do want everybody to be happy. But uh, but I know that it's unrealistic for everyone to be. So when the majority are happy, that's what that that's a win. I think and I think that's where you find yourself, Tommy. 
it's uh, it's an incredible thing that you guys have done, and it's awesome to see in the winner's circle and uh, standing there going to be holding that championship trophy on a stage come uh, December, which somehow is like two months from now. Not even. Yeah. I, I, I think it's like six weeks, actually. <laughs> no, I liked my two-month – yeah. No, <laughs> six weeks is terrifying. Yeah, it's six oh or seven God. weeks. It, it's – it's close. It's um, too close. I only know that because I live with a crazy lady that is dealing with it right now. Yeah. So she's uh, <laughs> she's in full mode. Uh, I believe it, man. Well, we're looking forward to it. I say it every year that it's like the the bangingest uh, race banquet you'll ever go to. I, we look forward to it every year, man. We have a big time. So I, I can't wait for the two ta- 2023 version. And Tommy, congrats, man. We appreciate you being so generous with your time and coming on here and chatting with us a little bit. Thank you. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you, everybody out there that uh, supports the PDRA and, you know, Drag Illustrated. You guys have uh, always supported us well and um, from the beginning, right? I mean, it was you were there from the, the first day. So thank you for everything that you guys have put into it, because as we know, there's been a, a lot of change and, and momentums and things that happen. And, and that's all, you know, it takes everybody to do it. We just talked about it. it's not one piece that makes these things operate. So uh, you know, thank you for everything, and we're going to continue just pushing hard in that same direction. You got it, buddy. 